You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Locked On Clippers podcast. Today is Friday, December 29th, and I'm your host, Lucas Han. You can find me on Twitter at LucasJHan, and you can read my articles on ClipsNation.com, as well as following that Twitter account at ClipsNationSBN. Today, we're going to get over some of the stuff that went down over the last week or so when we were off for the holidays. Hopefully all of you guys had as good of a week as the Clippers did. They were able to go 2-1 and one and they finally got some good injury news. So first today we're going to talk about the Clippers' big win over the Houston Rockets and then get into a little bit of Houston's protest of that result. Then we're going to look a little more briefly at the Clippers' loss to the Grizzlies on Saturday and their big blowout win against the Kings on Tuesday. And then to close the show we're going to talk about the Clippers' injury situation and what guys, you know, status statuses are and what the rotation is going to look back or look like as guys start to come back. So first I want to talk about this big win against the Houston Rockets because this is probably the best win of the season, I think, and not only that, but could end up being the best win of the season for the whole year. Houston is very, very good, and this was just a phenomenal performance by the team. Austin Rivers, thirty six points, eleven of twenty five from the field. 6 of 15 from deep, 7 threes. Lou Williams with 32 points, 10 of 21 from the field, 7 of 11 from deep. He had 7 assists and 3 steals. And then Jawan Evans playing really well, 15 points, 4 assists. DeAndre Jordan, 15 points, 20 rebounds. And the Clippers as a team shot 18 of 42 from deep, which is crazy, crazy. That's a lot of threes. First of all, it's a really high percentage, 43%. But second of all, 42 attempts, 18 makes, both huge numbers. And... In that same game, you know, what made it an especially good win is that it's not like Houston played particularly terribly. James Harden had a 51.8 assist night. Eric Gordon added 28 points. The Rockets themselves made 17 out of 43s. They shot 43%. So it wasn't like the Clippers caught Houston on a bad night where they couldn't hit a shot. They kind of took the full brunt of this Houston offensive attack. Now, Chris Paul is out, Luke and Bob Mute is out, but um, Clint Capella missed the game as well, so they weren't at full strength. But the Clippers, obviously, we know, have not been at full strength as well. But they took the brunt of that Houston offense that averages 115 points a game and scored 118 against the Clippers, and they put up 128 of their own. So that was just phenomenal. It was super fun to watch because it was so high scoring and so good from both sides. Austin Rivers setting a career high that he then broke in the next game against Memphis. Lou Williams with another big game. Really, really fun to watch. Um, and one guy who had a huge contribution in that game was the rookie, Jawan Evans. Now, what's interesting about that is that this kind of leads into Houston's protest of the results. So, with about what well, essentially what happened, Jawan Evans was playing really well in the first half, um, and he actually guarded James Harden rather effectively as the game went on by being kind of physical and pesky. And Doc, it got to the point where Doc Rivers was trusting Jawan. And he actually played Jawan um, down the stretch in crunch time guarding James Harden, which is really, really impressive for a second-round rookie. So he finishes with 15 points, 4 assists, a rebound, and a steal, and 5 fouls. And he was went plus 20, his plus-minus in his 26 minutes. Now what's big is that with about 3 minutes left, Jawan fouled James Harden. And the referees misattributed that foul to Lou Williams. That would have been Jawan's last foul. It would have fouled him out of the game. But because the referees made a mistake 
he was able to stay in for the last three minutes. And as the Clippers, who were up five at the time of that foul, tried to hold on to and extend their lead, and as Houston tried to fight back, Juwan ended up drawing two really crucial offensive fouls against James Harden. Again, just by playing that full-court pesky defense, and then James Harden bumps him, Juwan goes down, referee calls an offensive foul. That happened twice. So those are two big possessions that, you know, really any potential Houston comeback to try to get back into the game, they would have needed points on those possessions. And those the ball never even got past half court because Juwan Evans was playing pesky defense. Now those were both very questionable offensive foul calls, but it doesn't change the fact that he had that impact on the game after he should have fouled out, after the referee should have removed him. So Houston is filing a protest over the loss of the game, their loss. We won't we don't know what the result is yet. Um, we don't know when we'll know, but it, the league won't let it drag on for for very long. What's the difficult thing I think for Houston is not to prove that the referees made a mistake, because the referees clearly made that mistake. But the idea is that if Houston wins the protest, then the next time these two teams meet, the game will be replayed. So they will play not only the 48 minutes of that game, but they will also play again the last three minutes and 10 seconds of this matchup between the two teams. And what's really interesting about that is that in order to trigger a replay, Houston has to basically prove that they would have won if it wasn't for that mistake. Now, again, it's clearly a mistake, clearly disadvantaged the Rockets, but can you prove that Houston would have won the game without it? Because even those two offensive fouls that Juwan Evans drew, even if Houston hits a three on both of those possessions, that's six points. The Clippers won by 10. Juwan made a couple free throws off of an intentional foul late in the game, but by then it was already, you know, up in double digits. So it wasn't, you know, you can't really count points like that. We all know that that basketball is a little more complex than that. But so the tricky thing for Houston is not proving that the refs made a mistake because it's obvious to everyone, you know, in the the Clippers, in the Rockets, everyone watching at home, the league office, everyone knows the referees made a mistake there. The issue is, is it enough to trigger a replay? Did Juwan Evans have enough of an impact that that you can prove that it changed the outcome of the game? Now, you might say it's reasonable to say that it would have, but the league has a very, very strong interest in not upholding pro... you know, in upholding the final results of games. They want results to be final. Now, that's not saying that they will dishonestly cheat the Rockets if they deserve a replay, but it is saying that the bar to prove that a mistake by the officials affected the outcome of a game is very, very high. And I don't think that Houston meets it, although this is a really, really compelling case compared to, you know, the normal, oh, well, that foul should have been called in the last minute or whatever. This is especially compelling because it's such a clear objective error, but I just don't think they meet that bar for the league to allow it, and I think that the league really is worried about precedent because if they set the precedent in this case, then, you know, fouls get misattributed in the NBA relatively commonly. It just normally isn't the sixth and final foul for a player in the last couple minutes of a game that gets so grossly misattributed. But does the league really want to set that precedent of, upholding this protest and essentially now every time a foul is misattributed and it has some sort of impact on the outcome of the game but you can't clearly prove that it changed the result teams are going to be filing protests so i do think they go against the rockets but but that was really interesting so 
Next, moving on from that, I want to talk about the Clippers' other two games from the past week um, against the Grizzlies and the Sacramento Kings. But first, I want to remind all of you to check out the Locked On NBA social media pages. We've got a brand new Twitter handle at Locked On NBA Net, as well as a new Facebook page, Locked On NBA Network. Fantasy basketball fans, listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but it's not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management. You pick two guards, two forwards, and a center. You set your lineup, and then you can forget about it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. There's no trades, no waiver wire, and Draft will even take care of last-minute injury substitutions for you. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you could join one right now. And the best part is that you play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. I just played on Wednesday when we did Draft Wednesday on the Locked On Network, and I actually won one of my leagues, so that was cool. Um, there's no salary caps. You play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. So come and join me on Draft today. You can download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game within minutes. Or you can play right from your computer on Draft.com, whichever you prefer. For a limited time only though, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use my promo code, LOCLIPPERS. That's right, you can play a real money game where you can win real cash for free just by using my promo code, LOCLIPPERS, when you make your first deposit in draft. So later on in the show, I want to talk about the Clippers' injury situation as they start to get guys back, but... First, I want to go over the other two games that they've played since our last show. Saturday's letdown loss in Memphis, and then Tuesday's, you know, kind of really balanced, great blowout over the Sacramento Kings. So the Memphis game was a really, really disappointing one, Um, and I don't have a ton of takes on this game because I wasn't able to watch it because I was at a holiday party, but what's disappointing to me about this Memphis game, and it's kind of the opposite of the Sacramento game that we're going to get to in a second, where... Austin played great, 38 points, broke his career high that he had set the night before in Houston, 14 of 20 from the field, excellent. Lou Williams played great, 36 points. No one else in the Cl- on the Clippers hit double figures. DeAndre had 18 rebounds, but he only had four points. Jameel Wilson, just three points. Tato, such nine. CJ Williams, seven. Sam Decker, eight. Montrez Harrell, five. N- not really any scoring coming from the other guys. So the Clippers were able to put up 112 points because Austin and Lou went off. But in reality, it probably should have even been a bigger blowout if you didn't, you know, kind of get both of those guys catching fire on the same night. I think that it, it's disappointing, really, because Memphis is a team that's in the bottom of the standings and has really struggled lately, so they actually started out well. So if you take away their first couple weeks of the season, they would easily be in last place in the Western Conference. But, you know, it is the second night of a back-to-back coming off of a big win in Houston where... You know, some of the guys, Austin Rivers did play 39 minutes. Lou Williams played 39 minutes. But again, those are the guys who would have had an excuse to be tired. And they had another, they each had another great game the second night where, you know, it was the guys like Montrose Harrell who played 13 minutes. Jameel Wilson played 23. These guys didn't play very well in the second game in Memphis. So, you know, I do think that this Memphis game is probably up there in contention for worst loss of the season because... First of all, you're riding this wave of momentum from that big Houston win, and you're trying to get back, you know, towards the 500 mark. And the Clippers are in a position now where they could end up being 17 and 19, 
um, after their January 2nd game against Memphis because they have you know a few winnable games coming up. But what's really difficult is that it could have been 18 and 18. You could have gotten back to 500 finally if you didn't blow this game against a team that you really should have beaten. Now, it's hard to call it the worst loss of the season because it was the second night of a road back-to-back, and that travel is you know a huge disadvantage all the time. Um, it affects teams everywhere. But it really feels like a game the Clippers should have won that they kind of let get away, which is definitely disappointing. The- Phenomenal performance by the Clippers, 122 to 95. You know, the Kings are a bad team. I want to encourage you guys to check out some of the awesome work being done by my colleagues here at the Locked On Podcast Network. The Clippers play the Lakers tonight, and Locked On Lakers is an excellent show hosted by two friends of mine, Anthony Irwin and Harrison Fagan of LakersNation.com. I highly encourage you guys checking out Locked On Lakers after this game to get their take on tonight's Battle of Los Angeles. 
College football bowl season is here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for payout? Sign up at MyBookie.ag today and get paid fast when you win. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs, and you can even deposit using Bitcoin. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting the bowl games, you've got to go to MyBookie.ag. They're the only site that I would recommend to my listeners. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. You can check them out yourselves. They have odds on every matchup, as well as in-game live betting on all of this season's NFL and bowl games. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. So visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. If you're going to bet, the only place to do it is at MyBookie. So now to close out the show, I want to talk about the Blake Griffin, Wesley Johnson, Gallinari situation, and more specifically how this, you know, in those guys' individual recoveries, but also how it will impact the Clippers' rotation going forward because the Clippers have been playing kind of a certain style without Blake that is obviously going to change when you reintroduce him to the lineup. So the good news is that here on Friday afternoon, we now know that Blake Griffin and Wesley Johnson are both going to return for tonight's game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, according to Doc Rivers, Blake Griffin will be back in the starting lineup, of course. Wesley Johnson will come off of the bench, which is interesting, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, Daniel Gallinari, unfortunately, with that um, glute injury that turned out to be a minor tear, looks like he'll be out at least through mid to late January, so the Clippers have several weeks to go without Gallinari. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of work out this forward um, situation at, at small forward and power forward with guys' minutes being impacted by Blake returning and by Wesley Johnson returning and then having to survive several more weeks without Gallinari but also probably planning for a you know a long-term season, like a season-long objective where you expect to have Gallinari back in the lineup by a certain point. So, you know, the Clippers have been starting. They've gone to this starting unit with Jameel Wilson at power forward and C.J. Williams at small forward. And it's been relatively effective. And C.J. Williams, you know, I think Doc Rivers probably summed it up best when he was asked about these guys after a recent game. He said that C.J. Williams he likes because he's a pro. He's solid. He can do different things. He'll go out there and do what you ask him to do. You can call him up to the Clippers. You can send him down to the D-League. He's going to do his job. He's a professional. And in, in a lot of ways, C.J. Williams kind of reminds me of Willie Green, um, who was much beloved by Clippers fans in the past. And Willie Green was a guy who would be the third-string shooting guard. So you'd start J.J. Redick, have Jamal Crawford as the backup, and have Willie Reed as the third string. But then when J.J. Redick got hurt, you'd act what um what the Clippers would do is actually start Willie Green so that Jamal Crawford could stay in that sixth man bench scoring role and it wouldn't disrupt the bench unit. So that's kind of similar to the situation the Clippers have now with CJ Williams where you don't necessarily feel married to CJ Williams. You don't feel like he's playing better than other guys that he's starting over and it's possible that when you're at full strength he's a guy who would not be in the 10 man rotation. But he is solid, so he's a guy who you feel really good about having as your third string if you need another option at you know the two or the three, and he's a guy who you feel comfortable with throwing out there in you know a 20, 24, 26, 28 minute starting role when you are filling in for guys with injuries. 
Doc Rivers talking about Jameel Wilson said more, Jameel is the guy who has an NBA skill, that three-point shot, which is spectacular. And he's kind of working on learning the rest of the and the rest of the game at the NBA level as he goes. And again, I think that that's accurate. So we see Jameel having probably bigger highlight moments, like we see in this game against the Kings. He had 14 points in the first quarter, hit four threes, really helped the Clippers get out to a good start offensively. But Jameel also has nights where he goes quiet, and when he does, he doesn't necessarily bring a lot to the team. And then defensively, Jameel is a little handsy. He commits a lot of fouls. CJ is just a more solid defender, although he's not like a stopper necessarily by any means, but he is pretty solid. So it's interesting to kind of consider how Blake and Wesley returning are going to impact the minutes of these guys, because especially with Sam Decker, who plays both forward positions, coming on so strong off the bench in the last couple of weeks. Now, Wesley, at the beginning of the season, the Clippers obviously started Gallinari and Griffin, and then Wesley Johnson was kind of the third forward, and he was playing backup small forward and backup power forward. So in some stretches, Wesley was at small forward, Blake was at power forward. In some stretches, Wesley and Gallinari were playing together, and you know to say which is the small forward and which is the power forward doesn't really matter in that case. But we've seen Doc Rivers use Wesley Johnson plenty at both positions over the last few years. What's interesting is that you would assume at full strength, with or not at full strength, but with Wesley and Blake both back and Gallinari still out, it should be Wesley Johnson at small forward, Blake Griffin at power forward. Just based on how Doc Rivers has ranked these players in the past in his rotation, it seems like Wesley is the guy who he trusts the most. But in tonight's game against the Lakers, Doc Rivers is sticking with C.J. Williams starting at small forward, and Wesley is going to be avail available to play off of the bench. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Doc Rivers manages that because what you're looking at when you have the lineup, Austin Rivers, Milos Tadosic at guard, Lou Williams and Jawan Evans are the two backups there. That's fine. That's pretty, pretty much squared away. C.J. Williams and Blake Griffin are the forwards. And then at center, you've probably got DeAndre Jordan and Montrez Harrell, right? So, that, so that's pretty, pretty straightforward. But the backup forwards behind C.J. Williams and Blake Griffin, you've got Wesley Johnson, Sam Decker, and Jameel Wilson. Now, Decker and Wilson both deserve to continue getting playing time considering how they've done recently. And I think that if Doc Rivers wasn't looking to use Jameel Wilson in his rotation, he probably wouldn't have called him back up from the D-League for tonight's game because of the way that Williams and Wilson are both running out of days in their 45-day limit. So it seems likely to me that Sam Decker has definitely been playing well enough to continue getting minutes. Jameel Wilson has been playing well enough to continue getting minutes. Wesley Johnson is coming back from injury, but he's a guy who Doc Rivers was consistently giving minutes to before he got hurt. So you're looking at three guys, all three of whom can play both forward positions, but are better suited to the power forward position, all coming off of the bench. So it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how he handles it. The Clippers are kind of in a position right now where you feel like they've kind of got 11 guys because it seems like Montrez Harrell has pretty much beaten out Willie Reed for the backup center spot at this point in time. And so it comes down to Lou Williams, Tadosich, and Rivers are all going to be in the rotation at guard. So you're looking for a fourth guard. You're looking for two small forwards and a backup power forward. 
The fourth guard could be Jawan Evans, or it could be a guy like C.J. Williams, who can play shooting guard. And then the small forward positions could be Williams, could be Decker, um, could be Wesley Johnson, could be Jameel Wilson, although some of those guys are kind of questionable fits at small forward depending on what lineup you play them in. And then any of those guys additionally could be the backup power forward. But you're ultimately talking about Jawan Evans, C.J. Williams, Jameel Wilson, Wesley Johnson, and Sam Decker, five guys for those four spots. Fourth guard, starting small forward, backup small forward, and backup power forward. So it's going to be interesting to see how Doc Rivers manages his rotation and manages his lineups, and ultimately who he decides to cut out of the rotation. Because I think the guy who's clearly, you know, in my mind, the guy who you probably bump first is Wesley Johnson. Not that I wouldn't give Wesley Johnson any opportunities at all going forward, but I just think that because of the how poorly Wesley was playing before he went out with injury and because of how well other guys have played in his absence, I wouldn't mix up, you know, I wouldn't bench Sam Decker, who's been playing really awesome the last few weeks, to put Wesley Johnson back in. I That's not something that makes sense to me. The only thing that could make sense is because the two-way guys, C.J. Williams and Jamil Wilson, are both running out of time with the Clippers and we don't know what the Clippers' plans are for them, it could be a situation where you don't, you know, you want to keep Wesley Johnson involved because he's a guy who's going to be on the team and in the rotation all season. Jameel Wilson is a guy who, in a few days, is going to have to spend the rest of the season in the D League unless the Clippers find a way to call him up, um, which would involve trading Bryce Johnson, like we, I think we talked about in the most recent episode. So, so that that's something that I'm watching for. I don't really have have an answer for how he's going to go. I think if you're just talking about winning this game tonight, Wesley Johnson is the guy who you probably leave out of that of the 11 guys cutting it down to a 10-man rotation um and then i'm very open to the idea that you know if decker's playing poorly put wesley in or if Jawan evans hits a rough patch then you play cj williams at shooting guard and let wesley you know take cj small forward minutes or something like that but the the biggest wrench in it i think is the two-way guys cj and jameel both running out of days and doc Rivers still choosing to call up jameel when you don't necessarily have a need for him in the 10-man rotation tonight. But even more so, to start C.J. Williams over Wesley Johnson, who's a guy who we've seen Doc Rivers really rely on and consider a big part of the team, that's that's really interesting to see. So I'm that's something that I'm interested to see Doc Rivers handle going forward um, and see which of these guys earn spots, especially in the next three to four weeks with Daniel Gallinari still out, when a lot of these minutes are available. And as these two-way guys, their clock runs down and the Clippers have to make a decision about paying the luxury tax or trading Bryce Johnson or just losing them back to Agua Caliente for the rest of the season. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Lockdown Clippers podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. We will be back next week with new episodes discussing the Clippers games, um, specifically tonight's game against the Los Angeles Lakers. As always, thank you guys for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can hit me up on Twitter at LucasJHan. You can email me lhan at clipsnation.gmail.com. Make sure you follow along the Clips Nation blog um, at clipsnation.com and on Twitter at clipsnationSBN. This is Lucas Han signing off for Lockdown Clippers.